Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Tonight we have the amazing British-American rock band Charming Liars coming on momentarily. We're going to have the vocalist, Charlie Coaster, joining us, and I'm really looking forward to this interview. I've been a fan of these guys for some years now since they uh, released their album, New Disorder, and uh, featured the title track off of it as their hit single. So tonight they're going to be uh, joining many of the amazing bands that I've had the honor and pleasure of interviewing, which have included national bands such as Gemini Syndrome, Royal Bliss, Smile Empty Soul, I Empire Otherwise, Black Lake District, Art of Dying, and many others. So please continue supporting all these amazing bands and artists. You can download the podcast for free on my station. And uh, before I bring Charlie on, I just want to give a little bit of background on the show. can't believe it's been almost three years since I started the show. And a little bit about myself. I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology. And one of the things I just really enjoy doing in my profession is interviewing people. The other side of myself is my passion for the entertainment industry. Um, I have an album out as a solo artist. I also do some writing for magazines. And then I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and promote them. Personally, I've done everything independently on my my own, so I know how difficult and challenging it can be, especially in uh, the entertainment industry today compared to what it was many years ago. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. And a couple of things I just ask people to keep in mind is, although I mentioned I'm a psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Uh, We're not going to be doing any formal therapy. Sometimes we do talk about uh, psychological terms in more of an educational format, so I do enjoy doing stuff like that. And the other thing is I want my guests to feel really down-to-earth to discuss whatever they'd like. I'm a big fan of comedy and uh, humor, so just share any entertain- entertaining stories, but keep any personal information out, such as specific names um, of organizations and people, etc. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can call in tonight if you'd like by dialing 805-243-1320. And again, I'm a one-person show, so if you want to post questions in the chat room, I will try to go into it as often as I can, but if you want to call in, uh, feel free to do so. So let me do a nice introduction for Charming Liars. Um, This band was originally formed in London, England, before they relocated to LA. They have a very interesting story. I did a lot of research on these guys, and really it is through hard work, determination, and um, devotion that these guys never gave up, and especially with their extraordinary talent that they have with songwriting ability, uh, when it comes to the music that these guys have, they made their way, as we, as we know, to L.A., and they are becoming a major success. Dan will be familiar with their hit single, New Disorder, which was the title track off of their first EP, and it was a great album, so I highly recommend people check it out. And tonight we're going to be promoting their new EP, which is titled We Won't Give Up, excuse me, featuring the hit single, The Desperation. And again, it's just, you know, their music is just really packed with radio-friendly singles and hits. So definitely pick up a copy of it. Uh, We're going to take you on an amazing journey tonight. I really do a different interview than other people. I like to combine, um, like I said in the beginning, I'm a psychologist. I really do like to combine my 
psychology background by really getting to know who the band is as, as individuals. You will, of course, talk about their music, but you're going to learn a lot of interesting things about them that you might not see in other places. So for more information, go to charmingliars.com to find more out about them. You can follow them on Twitter. They have a Facebook page, so definitely become a fan of that too. And lastly, I definitely want to give a special thanks to Doug Weber from New Ocean Media for um, coordinating the interview. I've done a lot of work with him and uh, his bands, and it's always a pleasure bringing his artists on the air and supporting them. So without further ado, let's bring Charlie on from Charming Wires. Hey. Hey, Hey, Charlie. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Good. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on and support Charming Wires. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to, to be on the show. Cool, cool. Well, welcome. So, um, I mean, your, your music is amazing, and it was funny because I was kind of uh, bugging Doug to get me New Disorder because I just I love the EP. We won't give up so much. I was like, i got to hear some of the earlier stuff, and uh, he was able <laughs> to get it for me. So I was I was really excited. It's Every song you guys have is just it's really great. You're one of my uh, new favorite bands out there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Carrie. That means a lot. Cool, cool. So why don't we start out a little bit, Charlie? And again, I want you to kind of guide the interview in whatever direction you'd like. Um, you know, I did some research, I prepared some questions, but you know, wherever you take it, it that's fine too. I'm very open-ended like that. So okay. let's start out. Yeah, let's start out a little bit. Just tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, you know what it was like as a kid growing up in uh, London, England. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, it was amazing. I grew up. I was born in Australia, in Sydney, and at the age of three, my parents wanted to take an adventure, and we were supposed to move to France for a year, and uh, we ended up staying for seven years, um, so I kind of grew up as like a little French boy, <laughs> and, uh, okay. and then before, um, and then all of a sudden, they wanted to experience life in the UK, and so they wanted to move to London, and I was very scared about leaving France and, and living in Paris. Um, I had fallen in love with it, um, but we eventually did, and it was an amazing decision and an amazing upbringing in London, being able to be in such a vibrant city um, full of things to do. I could go to you know punk rock shows at the age of 14 and sneak in and, and live live out so many different uh, kind of underground and, and uh, kind of subcultures, I guess you'd say, and... and uh, it was it was an amazing experience. I, I love London. Nice. So, just tell me a little bit about let's digress for a minute because that's interesting. So, you were you said you were around three years old and your parents decided to move to France. Um, were mm-hmm. they going there because of jobs, or was there something that was you know pulling them in that direction? And the same thing when you guys moved to London, you know what was going on that was pulling your parents in that direction? I think uh, with moved to France was that we were growing, living in Australia and um, I don't think there was anything tying us down to staying there and it was always um, my mum's favourite place in the world. Um, she, I think she had this very romantic dream about living in Paris and so right. um, we, uh, we, we went there thinking we'd just go as a little adventure for a year and we just didn't leave, we stayed for seven and uh, wow. I, I went to you know, French school and me and my sister grew up. Um, in that kind of system. And then I think the move to England was because um, uh, I guess my parents got a little lonely or my mom got a little lonely in France, um, not being fully able to speak the language themselves and stuff. And England was kind of the closest thing to Australia that was near us. And uh, 
um, I think they just wanted us as kids to experience as many different kind of cultures as possible and so um, made that move to kind of broaden our horizons a little bit. Nice. That's amazing. So you said you just have one sister? I do, yeah. Um, Emma is my older sister. She's a year and a half older than me. Nice, nice. And is she into music too, or what is what is she? What are, uh, what she, lo- she, I mean, she loves her music, but she works in uh, music's best friend. She's in fashion. Oh, okay. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> so tell me about, okay, so growing up in England, you know, in, to, in, in addition to, of course, you getting involved in music, what other things did you like to do as a kid? Were you into sports, or was there any interesting hobbies that you had growing up? I, I always had a very vivid imagination. I uh, okay. started off um, being a pirate. I was obsessed with Peter Pan and Captain <laughs> Hook. Um, so okay. I had a three-year-old. Uh, my third birthday was a pirate birthday, and I dressed up as Captain Hook, and, and no one knew I was there. Um, because my costume was so convincing. Um, but uh, so that's where it started. And then I shortly followed into a cowboy phase and then into a Power Ranger phase. And then I was obsessed with Braveheart. And then uh, um, I was uh, quickly obsessed with rugby. That was the first sport I fell in love with. Um, and then around the age of 14 and 15, everyone got really, really big on the rugby field apart from me. So Sundays ended up being a pretty painful Uh-oh. and bruising process. And that's where right. I knew I needed to find another passion and new hobby, and that's where music came in. Nice. Okay. Well, that's, a, that's an awesome story in terms of thank you for sharing some interesting things. Like I said, I really like <laughs> to learn about the person, too. And we're going to talk yeah. again a ton about your music and, and play a couple of songs. Um, so when you started to get into music, were you instrument first, or did you start singing? What, I guess, what was kind of the scenario that, that drove you in the direction of getting, you know, passionate about music? Was there some experience you had? I think um, I think I just was always brought up around music. My dad used to be a, a radio DJ um, back when he was younger, so he was obsessed with music and always he would always time the radio or anything he was playing with a kind of uh, a fake uh, DJ announcement, so he'd give the, the time of day and the song coming up, and he would time it as soon as the vocal was about to hit. And so I was just constantly around a love of music. Um, and and so early earliest memories was trying to learn how to moonwalk in my living room listening to Michael Jackson. Um, right. And <laughs> soon, uh, soon after, I was getting into a lot of Brit pop and, and Brit rock and alternative music from the 90s, like the Cranberries, um, Smashing Pumpkins, and and that's where I really began to to fall in love with with all types of music. Okay, so then in terms of your your interest in music, like you said, you're listening to kind of some '90s stuff. Was it vocals that you were drawn to doing, or did you pick up an instrument? What was kind of yeah, the direction you started out? Yeah, I think I always like to pose out? with a with a. Uh, I had a friend who had a toy electric guitar, <laughs> so I'd, I'd, I I like to pose with that. But I don't think I was very right. determined to learn how to master it. I I kind of just liked running around like a bit of an idiot and uh, screaming my lungs out. So um, I think I naturally gravitated to to the front of the stage and and being the singer. Um, and that's also, to me, it was the least amount of work. It's like, oh well, I don't have to learn that. <laughs> but um, how how wrong I how wrong I was. Um, but yeah, I, I eventually learned a little bit of guitar, and I like to write a lot of the songs kind of alone on an acoustic guitar. But I don't have the chops to pick it up and play in front of lots of people. Okay. 
And um, in terms of, I guess, you know, we can fast forward a tiny bit, but I want to kind of stick with the background, too. Do you write all of your own lyrics and the vocal melodies, or do you guys kind of collaborate on that stuff? Do the other members pitch in? How does that work? Um, the lyrics generally is my domain, but I occasionally get help okay. when I want to try and make make something sound uh, kind of more musical, and, and Colin, our guitarist, sure. is very helpful with that. He would just be like, that line doesn't sing well or doesn't play that well. Um, so that's kind of that sort of input, or we'll discuss the types of songs we want to be writing. Um, but mm-hmm. in general, him and I kind of work out a kind of melodic structure, um, some chords. Uh, occasionally he'll start it with a guitar riff or we'll have a song title in mind, and then everyone will slowly begin to inject their flavors on, on the song. Great, great. And when you're writing the song, do you ever come up with your own kind of melody first, or... Does Carnage kind of just start, you know, putting out some riffs for you and then you start putting some melody to it, or, or does it work kind of both ways? It's, it, it goes through different phases. Sometimes we'll just write a bunch of songs that start, starts with a really cool guitar riff that will inspire something, and sometimes it'll just be alone strumming away on three or four chords at home on the acoustic guitar and coming up with maybe a chorus idea with a, with a, with a lyric um, that we'll, we'll use to inspire the rest of the song. It, it, it does vary every time. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so why don't we uh, we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit since you're already bringing, you know, Carnegie, which is one of the members I read that you've been with for a very long time. In addition to mm-hmm. Mike, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the story. Like, what's the story about? Ugh, I can't even speak tonight. It's been a long day at work. Um, what's the story <laughs> behind, you know, how you guys met and came together? Is there, you know, some type of interesting uh, journey with you guys? Yeah, Carnegie and I had been going to school together since we were nine years old in London, um, and we weren't re- we weren't really ever in the same class. But uh, so we never really spoke. But it was until we realised we were going to end up at the same high school together, and that we were listening to a lot of the same types of bands and hard rock music or alternative music. Um, and I think we both soon realised that we both wanted to start a band as soon as we got to the same high school together. So we kind of met through the real desperate need to start a band, and uh, we we continued doing that for for several years. And then I think Mike joined us when we were about 15 or 16, um, after trying out a million different bases. And then, uh, and then we were always a four-piece. We went through a bunch of drummers, and then it wasn't until we moved out to Los Angeles that we came across Nick and Zach and formed officially formed Charming Liars. That kind of oh, wow. incarnation of the band. So you guys moved out there just with the th- you know the three of you together without like you said having a a core band together at the time. Did you guys you know did you kind of have some idea that you were going to meet some members out there? Were people helping you, or did you just kind of say we're going to just? Because I know I've read about how you guys were just like all right, it's you know we got to try this now and and we have to make this happen. So did you just move out by yourselves, or did you guys have some some things lined up so to speak? Um, it did start with a few, there were definitely a few incentive incentivizing things and, uh, encouraging things that made us want to come out to LA. It started off with a producer called John Feldman, who, um, back in the days of MySpace was hitting us up regularly, trying to, uh, basically point out that, uh, we should give Los Angeles a go and, and see what our options are out here. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was when we had kind of him lined up. Uh, Connie and I came out and spoke with him and he eventually helped us get a, a demo deal with a label so we were able to go and record some songs and 
and basically go meet with a bunch of amazing people. And that was the main first in initiating trip in Los Angeles. And then we went back and we said to, to Mike and our drummer at the time, you know, you guys got to come out here. This is what's happening. This is where the opportunities are for us. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So Mike was more than willing to ditch his boring job and, and join us. And, uh, and that's when he came out. And so we, we'd always had in our head that California, especially, but America in general was where we wanted to end up and uh, mm -hmm. where we wanted to focus a lot of our attention and our music. Um, we didn't expect it to happen necessarily, but when we were kind of faced with, okay, we're either going to do this or we're not going to do this at all. When we decided to do it, we thought, let's, let's do it the way we'd always dreamed of doing it and, and see if it pays off. Right, right. No, that's, that's great. It's amazing. When you guys, before you moved out, you guys were working and also going to university, correct? Yeah, that's right. What were, um, what were each of you studying in school and what were you guys doing for jobs just to kind of, you know, give us some interesting background on, uh, on that aspect of your life? Yeah, I wish it was interesting. Um, I was studying uh, <laughs> business, which was, uh, which was okay. I got, I got something that's out good. of it. Carnegie was studying okay. uh, math. Uh, Mike was working in a marketing company, and uh, and that was basically it. Our drummer at the time was a studio engineer, so he was doing the most musical stuff. But his hours okay. were very long, so we never really got to see him much. Um, okay. And and that was essentially it. But we knew dividing our time between these jobs or, or university degrees um, and music wasn't the right way to go we were basically spending our time 50 50 and not being able to really focus right. on one and do one properly so we we picked we picked the other one <laughs> right right if you if you didn't pick music what what did you plan to do with the business degree um i have always been interested in you know the industry um in in the music industry mm -hmm. um and new ways of uh people being able to get music and, and, and basically promote music. Um, so I would have definitely been interested in seeing what what that could could have led me to, but I still think I'm I'm sort of on that path doing what I do now. I think this is the best sort of education I can get into that world as well. I think we're all in a situation where it's really hard for for working bands to to, to get by and make a buck and, and keep allowing right. themselves to be in a situation where they can support their art. So if there's a way we could, you know, basically get the general public and, and music fans to realize that uh, without you know, buying a CD, which is, is a pretty hard task to do, or going to a show or buying the T-shirt, these guys can't support themselves, then uh, we right. to be a part of some, some sort of focus on, on helping that process. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I think it's an important point you bring up because it is, you know, a much different world today than it was maybe like 10 years ago when, you know, the Internet was kind of just starting out and the labels were, you know, on a different, you know, playing field at that point, so to speak. So, yeah, I think I think you guys are smart by trying to look at other avenues and, and creative ways to sell your stuff. Yeah, definitely. You know. Um, okay, so you, you transitioned to... LA and uh I think it was it was really interesting. I don't remember what article it was, so I, I apologize I can't really give credit to the person, but you know, I read a little <laughs> bit about your track Break Away and it's it's a great track off a of new disorder and that kinda of talks about, like you said, the the challenges and the struggles of you guys, you know, making that decision to make that leap and, and move to LA. 
Um, and yeah. it sounds like in the end it, it was definitely worth it. I, well, without a doubt, I think it allowed us to really uh, have a little bit of the fear as well that we needed to mm-hmm. really focus on what we, what we loved. But and that's what really the song uh, talks about, separating ourselves from all the things that were holding us back uh, in the UK from doing what we really wanted to do, whether that be personal relationships, family stuff, jobs, whatever it was, we, were, we weren't in the right zone to focus fully on, on the songwriting and, and the pursuit of our music career. So, uh, yeah, that's what that song's about. That's great. That's great. How long have you guys been in L.A. now? It's coming up on over three, three and a half years, I think, maybe. Okay. Okay, yeah. well, so not, not it's while. still kind of new. I mean, it's not like you guys have been there, you know, for like 10 years or something. So it's still... No, not yet. In the, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, let's do this because I want to talk a bunch about the uh, the new EP and, and some other music stuff. Um, let's check out The Desperation, which is the hit single right now that you're uh, promoting off of We Won't Give Up. And uh, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that track and the meaning behind it, and then we're going to check it out. The Desperation is a song we wrote a long time ago now. Um, it basically started off with a very poppy, happy, melodic verse that we realized didn't sound like anything else we'd written. So we wanted to make the lyrics uh, give a really strong juxtaposition to, to the sound of the song, and so we wanted to make them pretty serious and cynical and, and uh, snarky. Um, commenting on everything that we saw around us in the world. Um, it's it's definitely the closest thing to a political or socio-political song without us really wanting to be a political band, but we just wanted to call out a bunch of the things that we were seeing in the world around us at the time that seemed very, very strange, and, and that ended up being the desperation. Cool. All right. So let's check that out, Charlie. All right, I'm going to put you on hold, and then we'll uh, come back and uh, get into more of the album and interview, okay? Sounds great. Okay, hold on. All right, everyone. You are listening to Charlie on the Carrie Edelman Show. We're going to check out their hit single, The Desperation, which is off of their EP right now titled We Won't Give Up, which is a a perfect title for that EP for these guys because they have amazing music and they are really breaking big into the industry. So check out The Desperation, and we'll be back in a moment. Set us free. What's coming undone at the scene? We're swapping hopeful hearts for failed dreams. What's swimming in the air? New disease. Now we keep breathing in. Did you see? They're rioting on Wall Street party scheme. All of us are
All right, everyone, welcome back to The Carrie Edelman Show. Again, the hit single, The Desperation, off of Charmin' Liars' new EP, which is out now, titled We Won't Give Up. It was just released on May 19th, so be sure to pick up a copy. You can uh, pick it up on iTunes, Amazon Music, all the major digital sites, and also be sure to visit them at charminglyers.com for upcoming shows and much more on the guys. Okay, so let's bring Charlie back on. Hello. Hey, great song. Love it. Awesome, awesome stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, really good. Really great stuff. So where do you guys get some of your inspirations from musically? What are some, some bands? I know you mentioned in the beginning some of the ones you were listening to uh, when you were younger. Um, what mm-hmm. about today? What are some of the bands that you guys like? It's weird. We we all listen to a wide range of music nowadays. I, uh, what's really funny is that a bunch of us have been getting into country music lately, which we weren't really? really exposed to back in the UK. I think we started okay. listening to it pretty ironically, and now we're kind of hooked on some some uh, uh, some major country acts. <laughs> but uh, that's not necessarily the yeah. main inspiration. It's hard for us to pinpoint our influences because we don't sit down and write songs thinking, oh, we want to write a song that's half the police meets right. the flash meets blink 182 whatever uh we we don't really think about it. it it just we write whatever feels right um but i think uh we listen to a lot of heavy music still a lot of hardcore uh punk and metal and uh, everything from that to kind of like uh electronic music and indie and and then pop stuff as well okay what are some of the if you can think of just you know, three or four bands off the top of your head when you're talking about metal or punk or hardcore, what bands pop uh, into your mind? Okay, so if we're talking about metal side of things, there's a band from Australia called Parkway Drive that we all love. Okay. Um, and then some of the poppy stuff, we like Tegan and Sarah. Uh, I really like their latest album. We actually went to okay. tour the other day for a day in Lincoln Park, did a, a guest appearance, which was cool to see them kind of come back. Uh, and uh, and and play do a rock album again, and it seems like their new album is is a lot more guitar focused, and the distortions a little bit more turned up than the last stuff. So um, that's all the kind of stuff we were growing up listening to, and it's cool to see that that they came back. You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. okay. You're, yeah, for a minute, like just occasionally the phone. I don't know if you're just kind of moving your your mouth away from the phone because it just kind of cut out for a second. But no, I can hear you fine. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying we went to Warp Tour the other day and Lincoln Park performed yeah. a surprise a, a, a surprise set, and it was cool to see that their new album seems to have a lot more distorted guitars on it. It's cool to see them come back to their to their roots. Nice. Nice. Cool. So, and it was interesting because when I first was listening to your music before I actually read the bio, and this is the truth, you know, it was interesting because I kept thinking of Our Lady Peace. I did. And yeah. I was like, wow, you know, he does have a little bit of, of Rain's kind of, you know, style. Again, I didn't think you were mimicking him by any means, but I thought it was so cool when I actually read your bio and I was like, wow, they made that comparison. And it was just something that kind of very slightly like stood out to me when I was listening to the music. Um, no, I'm not against that. I, I I remember that was an early album that I was into, uh, the Gravity album, and then I kind of went back through their back yeah. catalog and explored some of their other music. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I was intentionally like that, but then I remember when we were recording our album, uh, some of the producers, we even worked with Bob Rock, who did uh, a couple of Our Lady Peace albums, and he was um, he didn't point it out. It was the other producer, John Fields, we worked with, who who kind of noticed a similarity, and he was like, that's cool. 
I'm like, cool, well. Cool. I like his voice. And I definitely <laughs> want to get into, yeah, no, it's great. I want to get into definitely talking about them because I know that they've been huge supporters of you and just talk a little bit about your experiences with them. But when we're talking about your vocals, did you take any formal lessons? I mean, is this all natural? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I have taken a handful. When I first came to L.A., our label, uh, I guess, wanted me to go see someone before we went into the studio so I wouldn't be wasting too many hours trying to uh, get the takes right, which, unfortunately, I still had to. But, <laughs> but yeah, I did a handful right. of lessons, and I, I, to be honest, I've been slacking since. So I still keep a CD that I, I use from one of the lessons that I use that to warm up before our shows, but I haven't been uh, going to as many uh, sessions or, or, or uh, vocal lessons as I, I should be. Okay, okay. But it sounds like it's more natural and, and you just took some vocal lessons to kind of fine-tune stuff and probably just learn some technique and stuff like that, would you say? Yeah, I think it's it, it's to, it's good to do to kind of stay warm and, uh, and mm-hmm. stay in the swing of things. I don't necessarily do it to mess with my tone or anything like that. It can also help with your range. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I will hopefully be able to go back and do some more before we record our next record and and see where I'm at. Cool, cool. So yeah, so why don't you transition into telling us about you know how you you guys did meet up with John Fields and and Bob Rock, who are like you said two major producers that have worked with you know some top notch artists out there. Um, you tell us a little bit about that experience and and how you guys connected with them. Um, it was. Uh, incredible. Um, we started recording with John Fields um, before we worked with Bob, and he and both of them have completely different styles. John's very quick um, and doesn't like to mess around with, whereas Bob likes to take his time and experiment with different things and and uh, have fun with the process. Well, I guess they both do, but they're just very very different styles. So for us as um, newbies to to the album recording process, especially in that sort of environment, it was cool to get a flavor of um, or two completely polar opposite ways of doing it and, and learning as much as we can from as much as we could from each experience. Um, and yeah, we were very intimidated at first. Um, but at the same time, uh, especially working with someone like Bob, we were very, very scared because we had watched him in, in DVDs working with Metallica and stuff like that. And so we, we knew how sometimes rule with an iron fist but with us he wasn't like that at all he was very chilled out the whole time and and was open to our ideas and and uh yeah was happy to to mess around and have fun with it so it was cool that's cool and how were you you know did you reach out to these guys how were you introduced to them uh john fields uh we had reached out to on our own before we came to la and it was cool that he got back to us and was interested in working with us um and then our label was very uh encouraging or really wanted encouraged us to explore our options and and said it's you know in this day and age you don't have to just do your album with one producer where you can Mm -hmm. see what happens with with a couple of people you can be creative with and so um we got in with uh bob rock when our label just said you know maybe we can reach out to him his name kind of came up as a joke um like we can't get him can we and they said well we'll reach out to him and see what he says We'll send him some of your demos, and so that's what we did. And he and he got back to us, which was cool. That's great. That's great. And I know you you mentioned something in your bio, and I thought it was really cool because as I as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, I'm a clinical psychologist, and and one of the things I really you know value in people is people that you know like your title says they won't give up is just kind of 
putting things out there, and the worst that can happen is someone says no. And, you know, that's what you guys mentioned specifically in the bio. So I was like, that's so cool that they just, you know, we're like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. We're not going to not try to reach out because we might be turned out, so to speak. Yeah, well, we, we had nothing to lose at that point. So, uh, yeah, there was no worries about it. Um, we just didn't know it would, would be explored as an option at all. <laughs> Right, right, but but you know what? You put it out there, you tried, and you know you you got something great in return. So that's that's cool. Now that's did they true, work? Yeah. They did on. Did, did they do the new album too? They did New Disorder. Plus they did We Won't Give Up. Um, well, that's the thing. We recorded the entire thing as one whole album, and then because okay. we were a brand new band, we decided instead of releasing one album and then no one hearing any new music from us for two years, we decided. Right. Let's put out, separate it into three EPs. Let's put out the first one before we go on tour, which ended up being New Disorder. And, if, and uh, shortly after, we'll put out We Won't Give Up. It was a little long after than we, we had hoped, but we got, we got there eventually and got that one out. And then hopefully in the next few months, we'll get out the third one. And, and that's just a way of us being able to give our fans new music uh, over a shorter period of time. And then maybe next time we'll go out and, 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 and put out a full length or we'll just keep putting it out this way. I don't think in this day and age there's not really any rules that we need to abide by, so we're just kind of doing it the way that fits us the best. You know, I think, I think you know, when I, I was reading about that and I was having a hard time because I was reading some of, like, the older interviews on you guys when you were, you know, first getting started, and I think it was right after New Disorder you were talking about putting out a full length, and then, you know, the second EP came out, and I thought, I thought it was actually very smart and strategic on your end because I agree with you. I don't think there is a right or wrong way to do things today. And I do think it keeps fans more interested. Like you said, if you have shorter periods of time where you're able to release three or four songs at a time, I think, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think we're going to stick with that for, for the foreseeable future. And then when it makes sense to put out uh, a full length, maybe we'll do that. Nice. Nice. So it's probably rhetorical, but I'll ask it anyway. What's uh, be- behind the title. We won't give up. Where did you guys, I, I, from, I mean, you pulled it from um, the initial, the, the desperation track that you released, but how come you decided to title the actual EP that? Um, I think over time we've really, and I think it's it's very present within a lot of the lyrics on all our songs, um, this overall sense of positivity, and even though some of our, our songs have an aggressive uh, energy to them, um, we we always want to encourage people to overcome adversity and face oppression mm-hmm. head on. And so I think that was very present on our first single and our first EP with The New Disorder. And we have a street team that are called The New Disorder. And it feels like a, 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 essentially a band of misfits altogether kind of uh, facing their issues head on and, and not shying away from... Uh, and essentially not being scared of anything. And... Mm-hmm. They've become a family, and and I think as as essentially the the soundtrack to this family that we've been beginning to grow, um, there was no other better way of of titling the new EP than "We Won't Give Up." It's something that uh, they can all relate to. It's it's so it's so catchy in that desperation chorus, and people who've never heard of us before or heard that song before when we play it live, they end up singing that "We Won't Give Up" over and over again before we've even finished the song. So. It just it just kind of symbolized and represented everything that we're about and everything that the uh, the band stands for. Nice, yeah, it definitely captures the essence of you guys. That's a perfect way to uh, to word it. Um, so, 
and I don't want to say it like this, but you made an interesting analogy. You said, you know, everyone's dealing with their own, you know, issues or, you know, challenges. What would you say in the band your your challenge is as, as an individual, as a person, something maybe that you, you know, struggle with? And then if you can mention something from a couple of the other members, I think that would be interesting just talking about your, your new disorder fan base and these people that are, you know, coming out of the woodwork, like you said, to support you guys and uh, get involved in that group. What, what are our, our biggest challenges? Or as an individual, you know, some people, whatever, some people might say, you know, I suffered from low self-esteem or I, you know, if you can think of something about yourself or each of the band members that you individually struggle with. Yeah, well, I think you're... Uh, would be unfair of me to speak on on behalf of individuals within the band, but I, I suppose I could speak for myself in in saying that uh, I I don't know I think we're, we're we're doing really well at overcoming a lot of our our problems as as individuals and our, and and our weaknesses perhaps and, and things we need to work on, but essentially um, we've really found it uh, challenging in the past. We've, sp- we've spent time or wasted time uh, not being able to take risks and make the right decisions that in the long term would would uh, serve us best. And I think we're really getting a grip on that and really being able to face that as a, as a group head on. Um, and just, just kind of being like, as you said before, with regards to like getting someone like Bob Rock on board, uh, there was there was not much to risk um, other than right. asking him. So just not being afraid about anything silly like that and just in giving things a go, that's something that... I've had to work on and and feel like as a band we've all had to work on and hopefully we're all doing okay at it. Yeah, well, no, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job at it. So thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's uh, check out one of my personal favorites was uh, Little Scar off of the new EP. So um, tell us a little bit about that track and then we'll we'll check that one out and then come back and uh, talk a little bit more about the band and upcoming uh, things in the future for you guys. Yeah, Little Skull we wrote back in the UK. It's it's one of the punchy, fast, dancey rock songs on the on the C D and uh and we love playing it live. We haven't been able to play it as much as we wanted to, but I think this that's all gonna change now we've been able to release it. So yeah, I hope I hope everyone enjoys it. All right, cool. All right, let's check it out, Charlie, and then we'll uh, we'll be right back, okay? Sounds great. Okay. All right, once again, you're listening to The Carrie Edelman Show with Charlie Coaster from Charming Liars. We're going to check out their other track on uh, the five-song EP that they have out right now titled We Won't Give Up, and this track is titled Little Scars, so check it out, and we we will be right back. Sharp as a wire tattooed on my 
by Charming Liars off of the new EP. Check it out and pick it up now, titled We Won't Give Up, and it is currently out. So let's bring Charlie back on, another great track by them, and I will start to wrap things up shortly. All right, awesome song, love it. Thank you very much, I'm glad you like it. Very great track. Again, all of them are great, but uh, that was one of the ones (laughs) that uh, personally stood out to me, so. Oh, cool. So (laughs) what... So where are you guys at right now with doing shows and stuff? I know that you guys have done some uh, the up the up the rock star whatever it was called the uproar last year you did. Yeah, we did the uproar and, tour uh, last summer. Um, we awesome. did a round with uh, Sick Puppies and we toured the UK. We are planning on doing it all again, um, just on different tours this time. Uh, at the end of this month or next month, I mean, um, July we're going to be playing LA again, which is cool because we haven't done that in a long time. And then we go to Mexico, weirdly, our, our song has been picked up on radio there, so whilst a lot of bands have to wait till their third album to go visit Latin America, we've been lucky enough to go explore that earlier on in our careers, and so we're going back to be playing some big shows down there in August, and uh, returning uh, a few months later to go back to Mexico again, and then hopefully in between then we'll be in the UK, US, and hopefully in the new year in Australia at some point, so uh, it's looking pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you have a, a busy year, rest of the year planned ahead of you. Do you know any of the bands currently that you will be on the lineup with? Um, none that I can give out yet, but uh, okay. the band we're playing in Mexico with is a, is a very big Mexican band called Panda, um, which we'd, we'd never heard of until we uh, recently started exploring uh, that music down there, and they're, they're awesome, and they're huge, and, and they're, they're cool guys, cool. so uh, we're excited about that. That's great. That's great. Any interesting fan stories that you can recall along the way? Something that was uh, pretty outrageous or uh, entertaining that stands out in your mind? <laughs> uh, tour stories? Yeah. yeah. If there's any one in particular that you can remember that was just kind of like I, not what you expected, something that was a little little over the top. Um, I don't know. Right the one that springs to mind <laughs> is that uh, on the Upward Tour, we were touring with Coheed and Cambria, who were a favorite band of mine growing up. And then one, on one of the nights, they hosted their own party and, and were serving drinks. And like the singer 
Claudio was working behind the bar and acting as bartender. So it was cool for me to be able to go order a drink from uh, from one of my favorite singers growing up. I thought that was kind of cool. It wasn't that outrageous, but it was just it was just a cool moment. That's cool though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's different. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so when you guys aren't doing music, and I know that takes up uh, pretty much 100% of your time, um, what do you guys like to do for fun? Do you have any interesting hobbies, each of the members? Um, we all have different hobbies. I think Nick, our guitarist, likes to go exploring nature very often. He's obsessed with nature and animals and wildlife and all that sort of thing. So he's just a little weirdo doing that, Um, but we we love him for that. He also loves Game of Thrones and uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff. So um, he's he's like the little little geek in the band, but uh, we love him nonetheless. (laughs) Um, But uh, the rest of us kind of all have our own favorite sports. A couple of us are really obsessed with, especially the World Cup right now, and uh, and football in general. Being from London, I personally love rugby. And and Zach, who was born in Canada, is obsessed with hockey. So we all have our own team sports that we really get into whilst uh, not focusing on music. Cool, cool. Any favorite TV shows that you guys have? I know that you said, uh, oh yeah, on like Game um, of Thrones. What do you guys like? House of Cards has been my favorite over the last few years I, that blew me away i'm watching a new one called halt and catch fire uh which is about hmm. early days in in ibm and and the early days of creating uh, computers it's, it's a really cool show okay. um what else i'm with mike our bass player what tv shows are you loving right wilfred. now dude? wilfred <laughs> is mike um yeah okay. we, we, yeah we're being addicted to a lot of new series lately Good. No, that's good. Well, hey, you got stuff to watch when you're on tour, right? When you have a break. Exactly. That's what we do. <laughs> you need that stuff, right? Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, when do you think you might release the, I know you just released the second one, but what's your anticipated time frame potentially for the 30P? I would love to get it out as soon as possible. Um, hopefully within the next, no no longer than three or four months, fingers, fingers crossed it will, it will come out soon. Nice. And how many songs do you, you plan to feature on that one? I would say maybe another five, maybe more. Who cool. knows? Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, you're always welcome back on the show. It was a pleasure, Charlie, having you on and uh, supporting Charm and Liars. And I'm looking forward to everything that's to come for you guys. And I wish I wish you much continued success. Well, thank you very much, Carrie. We got through a, a fair bit there. It was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, please promote um, your wherever your people find you, your Twitter account, Facebook, um, all that stuff, if you want to plug that stuff for everyone. Hell yeah. Sounds great. Um, oh, yeah, so all personal to, stuff. Yeah, 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 that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just Sorry, I'm having one of those little... slow days. <laughs> that's okay. Um, that's I, okay. I thought you meant posting the link. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, oh, that's to too sweet. I really would appreciate it. Yeah, no, the, um, we will do that for TV. sure. Um, okay. So for those of us, those of you who <laughs> don't know our personal stuff, we have a website, uh, charmingliars.com. Our Facebook is uh, facebook.com forward slash charmingliars. Twitter is charming underscore liars. Instagram, charmingliarsmusic. Um, I think that's the same for YouTube. We're, we're on most platforms and we're heavily engaged and active on them. So uh, please come and say hey, and I'm sure one of us will get back to you. Cool. And one last question, because I forgot to ask this, and I wanted to ask it earlier. How did you guys come up with the name for the band? Because it is we a really in, cool name. Oh, thank you. We were in uh, we were in Nashville, and uh, we were at a bar, 
and Mike, our bass player, was trying to get out of uh, paying the tab and uh, was trying to basically <laughs> chat up the waitress and she didn't believe that he was actually from England. She thought he was putting his accent on and she called us a bunch of charming liars. Um, and it was at a time where we were desperate for a band name. And so when we heard that, we were like, oh, that actually sounds like a band name. Do we all, none of us hate it? And, and we, had the, we had this five-second rule that if we could all, you know, agree on something for five seconds that there was no going back because we were so desperate for a name. So that passed the, the five-second rule test and, uh, and Charming Lies hey. stayed. Awesome. There you go. Cool story. Very cool story about that. Well, again, thank you so much, Charlie. It was, it was great interviewing you. And, uh, again, much con- continued success, and I look forward to having you back on in the future sometime, okay? Sounds great. Thank you so much, Carrie. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, everyone, Charming Liars. And if you, for some reason, tuned in late to the show, the podcast will be available for you to download or stream for free after um, I close out the show tonight. So thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Wanted to give a couple of quick plugs. I know the interview was rolling along, so unfortunately we didn't have a moment to uh, take a break. But uh, be sure to check out Davin's Den, which is a fast-paced podcast if you like comedians. It features comedian Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. If you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh at the same time, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live 6.30 p.m. Tuesdays, Eastern Time. So uh, to check them out, you can go to davincomedy.com. Um, so definitely check out Davin's Den. And um, also wanted to just tune people in. Um, I will be having some upcoming interviews. I had taken a couple of weeks off for um, some other things that I had to catch up on, but some bands that we're going to be have coming on the show is uh, hopefully Nothing More is going to come on. They have an amazing new album out, so I'm really looking forward to uh, interviewing those guys. And please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where I post all the upcoming links for the live shows, the podcast. There's a schedule on the page, so please uh, like the page and you can get all the updates. And if you follow me at uh, Carrie Edelman on Twitter. I will also follow you and uh, befriend me on Facebook. I have two personal pages. One of them is maxed out, but definitely send a friend request on the others because I love to keep in people, keep in touch with people that way. Again, just like Charlie said, it's been a long day. Um, so again, thank you so much for the continued support and for tuning in tonight. The podcast will be available to download if you tuned in late. And please just support Charming Liars. Check these guys out. They got some really great stuff, and uh, pick up a copy of their EP. We Won't Give Up, which is out now and played uh, Desperation tonight as well as Little Scar. So thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night, and uh, we'll hopefully be back next week. I'm just in the process of uh, trying to confirm a couple of interviews. If not, though, just tune in to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook and on Twitter, and you'll see updates right there. Thanks again, and have a great night. <laughs>